like I said in the beginning, I'm very fortunate to be where I'm at. I'm very fortunate to have the support of my colleagues. I'm very fortunate to have the support of my admin to do the things I need to do to help my kids. I don't see that at every site for our SPED family. And so deep down, the reason I'm signing this union petition is because I truly believe that change needs to occur to support my SPED colleagues. Hello again, this is Jason Roach, and welcome to this episode of The Ace Pod, a production of ACE, the Association of Clovis Educators. We recognize that for most of us, and I don't think this is unique to this school district, but the process of unionizing is a bit of a mystery. How do we vote? How do we protect anonymity? Can we get in trouble? What can administration do in opposition? So with my guest today, we will attempt to answer all these questions and more. But before we get to Haley, we did miss one simple thing in our conversation. You have the right to talk about the union with your colleagues while at work, before school, after school, during passing periods, in the lunchroom, and so on. The rule of thumb is if you can talk about or email about opening day, you can talk about or email about the union. Now let's get to it. To help sort out the rest of these questions, we welcome Haley Weekly from Weldon Elementary. Haley, welcome to the ACE Pod. Well, thanks for having me. Yeah, of course. Um, okay, so let's just start, uh, spend a couple minutes here at the outset um, talking about your journey in Clovis Unified. What, what is your role and how'd you get here? Well, uh, I am a first through third, technically right now, kinder through fourth, um, severely disabled population teacher. Um, And so uh, that's a program that I I teach at Weldon. And I've been teaching here for about eight and a half, going on nine years. Um, And I, I unfortunately was not one of those kids born and raised Clovis. You hear it quite frequently when you go through the system of getting hired. Oh, were you a Clovis kid? I was a central kid Mm. and I was raised with a board member grandmother and with the blood of central flowing through our veins. (laughs) Um, So how did I end up in Clovis? You asked, shouldn't I have been teaching in central? Um, I, I would have loved to work in that district, but something in the stars was aligned to have become to Clovis. Um, and that was uh, Tanika Mason. Uh, Tanika Mason was a person I met through a colleague in the certification program at Fresno Pacific. Uh, they needed an aide. She needed an aide in her classroom at Fugman at that time, which was a first through third severely disabled program. And at that time, it was the only one on campus um, and the only one in the district for first through third. Uh, and so I took the half day shift, three hours, got my foot in the door and thought, my goodness, Clovis, man, it's bougie. It's, it's, and to walk into Fugman. Yeah. You would have thought that, but, uh, all of these preconceived notions I had from central unified, all this, well, Clovis has money. And so that's why their bands are so great. And that's why, you know, as soon as I walked through the doors of Fugman, regardless of the money that was there, seeing the happiness of the teachers was the first thing that sold me. Seeing the the compassion they gave to their their disabled population was the next thing that sold me. Um, 
And so I just was like, Tanika, if you need me ever for full day, I'm here. So funny, my first stint was actually as an instructional assistant in Clovis Unified. Um, finished up my credential. I was doing a duel, but as soon as I walked through her doors, I dropped my multiple subject, decided mod severe was where it was at. And, uh, and was like, that's where I'm going to teach. I'm going to find somebody who will listen to me to open up another one of these classrooms in this district. Um, and Castillo was the program specialist at the time. And I was like, Anne, you got to open up another classroom for me. Uh, and she said, well, Clovis isn't higher intern teachers. I said, okay, well, I'll, I'll be back. I'll be back. So I made my way to do my rounds at Fresno Unified <laughs> for my first year of teaching. Uh, I taught at Fresno High for my first year, um, ninth through 12th grade functional life skills. Mm. Uh, and um, I taught summer school there. So I taught there for about a year and a half. And all of a sudden I was getting text messages from Ann Castillo and from Tanika Mason while still an intern teacher that said, Hey, we need you back. We're opening another classroom first through third at Weldon. And we think you'd be a great contender. Please come interview. And I hated the fact that I was leaving my kids at Fresno. If I, let me, let me say that, um, high school wasn't where my heart was, but those kids were my heart. Um, and so I, I asked some people around Fresno Unified, what do you think? And as a young teacher, I was told, you know what? Uh, you're young, burn those bridges now because those people won't be back if you ever do need to come back. And I said, well, I won't need to come back because I'm going to teach my dream job, first through third grade, severely disabled. Uh, I claimed it and I got the job and I opened the class at Weldon. It was the first severely disabled uh, program on their campus. And I was their only specialty program for quite some time. So I had to um, really set the tone for what SPED was going to be like for my colleagues on that campus. And uh, I was lucky because Weldon accepted me with open arms. And I had the same experience that I did as an IA where I saw um, happy teachers. I saw um, the faces of colleagues who were willing to, to appreciate my kids like I appreciated my kids. And so... That's what, that's what kept me and brought me back to Clovis was all of that. Very cool. Yeah. So we were <laughs> in, it sounds like we were in Fresno Unified at the same time. Yeah. So oh, really? Yeah. I mean, I left there in 20, came back. I was in Clovis for uh, several years and then left, was in Fresno Unified until 2015 and then came back to, to Clovis Unified. The exact same time. Cause I yeah. was rehired in Clovis Unified in 2015. Wow, that's amazing. Yeah, <laughs> All right. yeah and uh, I mean, I really enjoyed my time in Fresno Unified. The kids were mm -hmm. amazing. Um, you know, lots of kind of lots of needs in Fresno Unified. Great teachers. Um, so yeah. I definitely cut my teeth there is what I like yeah. to say. I, yeah. Yeah, no, that's something I definitely tell people, right, is that, you know, I started in Clovis Unified uh, working at Clovis East. That's where I started my career uh, for the most part. And you know, going out into Fresno Unified, it really kind of, um, you know, kind of it, it, it expanded my toolbox. It, it, it sharpened um, kind of the blade, I guess, and kind of made me a much better teacher and uh, kind of really focused my craft. Um, so 
So you're at Weldon um, and you clearly uh, have really enjoyed it there. So a couple of questions here, I guess. So talk about, you know, and I guess you've already kind of talked about uh, what you enjoy, but if you could expand upon that. And then, you know, I think for a lot of, a lot of us, um, you know, I teach uh, 10th grade honors and, you know, AP Lang to 11th graders. And your job is probably, is really mysterious to me. So yeah, <laughs> yeah it is. So if you could, uh, and that maybe is the theme of uh, this episode, right? Is demystifying mm-hmm. things. So, you know, what do you, what is it that you really enjoy about Weldon? And then kind of maybe spend some time demystifying, you know, what you do for us. Uh, so you hear severe and uh, much like most of my colleagues, when I first started teaching at Weldon, the questions came in. Uh, and I have questions. Uh, I think when you're a sped teacher, you'd rather get questions than just stares. Uh, and that that goes for our sped parents as well. Um, a lot of uh, a lot of the times we're used to stares. It's when people are willing to branch out and ask. Uh, and and that's what my colleagues were willing to do initially. Um, I did uh, walkthroughs on my can- in my class, um, which made uh, which my colleagues were all for. I answered all the questions. Uh, you know, what am I going to hear in the hallways? What am I going to see in the hallways? <laughs> what what do you actually teach? Um, I think that's the hardest one for sped teachers to hear, because we we often feel uh, like we're treated like. Um, mm overpaid, or in some cases, if you actually look at the money, underpaid babysitters. <laughs> um, and so uh, uh, asking those questions, it was difficult, but, and I, I appreciate people asking me that and my colleagues wanting to know the actual answer. Um, Weldon welcomed us with open arms and, and more so not just my colleagues, but the, the students at that campus opened us, uh, opened up their arms to us and, and really claimed my classroom as their own. Um, Often sped classrooms are also thrown in the very back of the school as to not direct attention to, you know, the third grader screaming in the hallways because mm-hmm. he's can't get his iPad. And so um, uh, and he's non-vocal and he's non-verbal and, and that's what he has. Um, but even though we were there, um, we were always part of rallies. We were always offered mainstreaming opportunities with my colleagues. I had colleagues seeking out my kids. I had colleagues. um who their kids literally were like, when will I see the student again? Um, I, I, I don't know. It was a dream in my first year because I had so many kids. I actually had to turn away kids. I had to put a sign on my door that says, we have too many helpers today. Thank you so much for coming. <laughs> uh, maybe next time. And so it was like a race down to D5. And, uh, and, and it was just beautiful. It was, it was this beautiful amalgamation of my kids being Weldon warriors and my staff and my office manager and, and, and even my principal made it, made it happen. You know what I mean? Um, and they still do. I, 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 I truly can't complain about how I get treated on that campus as, as a teacher and as a professional, um, but in the larger scale, and I guess we'll go into that later, there's, there's definitely room for improvement. And as somebody who is privileged to have a site that does offer such accommodations and offer like beautiful educators wanting to mainstream and, and have you involved, I, I look at my other colleagues and I look at colleagues from all of the walks of SPED and I say, why can't they have that? Why don't they have that? 
And so that's kind of where my head goes with this situation as we dive into the further information. Um, severely disabled is a population that is often defined as uh, cognitively um, a year and a half below. <laughs> uh, mm. And so my kids are um, functioning at toddler levels uh, at, through first through third grade. And so um, often you see um, medical components that you have to deal with. Um, there are uh, students who are medically fragile in our programs. Um, the Garfield Center, if you've ever heard of it, at the Garfield Elementary School campus is one of our sites. And those are our kids who are the most medically fragile in our district. Those are the ones who need round-the-clock nursing, um, that need oxygen tanks and suctioning and uh, medical procedures actually done through the educational day. Um, and then at my campus, I don't have a classroom nurse. So often I get the opposite side, which is the heavy behaviors due to language difficulties. Um, and we're often dealing with your service providers, our district service providers. So physical therapy, which is PT, occupational therapy, which is OT, speech and language pathologist, which looks so different than what they normally do on a campus. Um, dealing with our uh, APE or adaptive or adapted PE professionals um, who are very few and far in between in our district, but we work with them to uh, work on the whole child. And, and, and that's uh, honestly the easiest way I can define SPED as a whole, um, whereas GE works on the whole child in the academic center in the social emotional growth center, our jobs have been made to, I know your guys' jobs have been made in the GE level to also deal with the mental health sector and the life skills sector. You guys are just slowly diving into what SPED has been doing for the majority of its lifetime, which is dealing with all of these different um, skill levels, dealing with uh, vocational skills and life skills. And um, overall, um, severely disabled main objective is to help kids to become as independent as possible. Very nice. So, you know, sounds really rewarding. Thank you. And, um, you know, thanks that like demystifying that for us. And I think, you know, kind of why we're here, right. Talking about this process of unionization is equally as uh, mystifying for a lot of folks. And uh, our hope today is just to kind of, spend the next few minutes kind of uh, going over the process and what people, you know, throughout the district can expect um, from, you know, their colleagues that are involved in kind of this unionization process. So let's start with um, this idea uh, that we're now public and, uh, you know, quite clearly, right. We didn't just like, you know, kind of appear out of nowhere and say, Hey, we're here. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, you know, can you just like talk briefly about why that is? Why is it that, you know, for, you know, kind of uh, several months, we kind of stayed, uh, you know, kind of underground a little bit? Yeah. So I think um, anybody who's listening to this understands that Clovis has always um, glorified the fact that we're a non-union district, uh, which makes it very difficult uh, for those of us who want that change in this district and want accountability to meet and and speak openly 
um, uh, in our quarters, speak openly in our classrooms. And, and um, I've heard of instances with my colleagues that are helping to build ACE of, of um, some of the things you're not really allowed to do, some, some admin approaching and, and being confrontational. And, and, and nobody wants that, especially not now in this climate um, when we're sitting already on pins and needles with COVID. And um, so as, as we've been building, I, I wasn't first in either. I wasn't somebody who knew this was happening until a couple weeks ago. Um, and slowly we're, we're just trying to build leadership. Um, we're trying to find people who are truly dedicated to the change, who are not afraid of retaliation not afraid of backlash, who are, who are truly in this in their gut to support their colleagues. Um, and, and building that leadership is important. Um, much like the Senate, who has their leadership, we need to establish that now. And we need to establish a very firm leadership now as ACE um, to even be in this race, to even to bring a clear and concise and and um, valuable opinion to the table as to why the union needs to happen. Um, I know if somebody said, oh, we need to start a union, one person says that to me, it's a whole lot less effective than if a group of 90 who state, we're from different walks of education, we're SPED, we're AP teachers, we're music teachers, we're um, high school, elementary, alternative ed. Uh, we're all here because as a joint group, we've seen the disparities in our district. And so that's a stronger message than two or three people telling you in the hallway, even though we want to trust our colleagues to, to, to know what's best and we want to be that support. Um, it was important for us to, one, build a strong platform and two, build a strong leadership without fear. So that's part of it. That's the largest part of why we haven't come out until now. Yeah, I, I think that that explains it pretty well. And right when kind of cementing our values, putting things down on paper, you know, kind of creating our logo, you know, getting, you know, people across the district at every site and every department. Um, and I mean, you know, right or wrong, right? The district administration certainly doesn't want this to happen, right? And we know that and we know that they're going to be oppositional to it. Um, and, you know, if we were to announce when it's just three of us, right, going public, <laughs> it wouldn't last very long, right? Yeah, where's the strength in that message? Yeah, yeah. and, mm -hmm. you know, the district certainly could marshal, you know, several resources uh, kind of against the effort that, you know, we wouldn't be able to kind of contend with. So, you, you know, you kind of, and so we have these four steps now, right? And you started Correct. to kind of discuss step one. So just mm -hmm. kind of, Real briefly, what's step one? So our step one um, into building ACE is that establishing leadership. Um, throughout this process, um, our ACE leaders have been in the search for those who for, are from different walks of education to help build that um, foundational leadership that we need. Um, they're there to, to kind of lay out what the current problems are and really try to um, build our foundation based on what does Clovis specifically need. Um, most people hear union um, in the district, and I think they think of Fresno Unified's union, or they think of Clove or Central's union, and they see the negativities that might come from that because they're outside of that. 
that realm. Um, but we need leadership because from our district to understand <laughs> Clovis's message and what Clovis needs specifically. Um, we don't want to build leadership that is outside of our area, is outside of our realm, is outside of understanding of what Clovis's actual needs are in the varied sectors. So the first step to reiterate is, is to build that leadership network. Yeah. And I think uh, the point is well taken, right? That we are um, building a Clovis union, right? That these are Clovis educators from all areas, from all grade levels, from kind of all the different kind of, you know, jobs that we do, classroom teacher, psychologists, so on and so on. Um, so kind of getting all those in place, we have, you know, we have that leadership team, you know, ready to go. Now, what does that leadership team do in, in step two? Honestly, I think this is the, uh, the more difficult section where we build a majority and um, we work on that majority support for our union. Um, I think most people know it's 50% plus one. But truthfully, the plan of the union has always been to be a supermajority. We really want to reach all of our colleagues to understand that we're building a union for teachers in our district for, for their needs. Um, and so the second step to our plan to win, um, in a sense, is to, to build that strong majority so that we have full support for what we're doing. All right. And, you know, um, so we got that 50% plus whatever, right? We plus one. Yep. <laughs> plus one, we've, we've got that. And now where does that petition go? Yeah. So, uh, our petition goes to PERB, which is the public employment relations board. Um, I think it's important to understand that, um, those of you that are, that are willing to sign, uh, that really do have a heart to, to move our district to the union changes and, and understand our message that we're here for all teachers. Um, when you sign, it's anonymous. Um, I know there's a lot of fear in, in this, in change, just in change in general. Let's, yeah, let's go to the psychological route here. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, there's fear in, in changing something that is a foundation of our district. But um, in that process of, of the change, you know, we, we hope you move with us because we want your signature. We want to understand your problems. We want to be able to, to meet you where you are. And, and once we do that, our union moves forward with your signature, which, like I mentioned, is anonymous, uh, goes to PERB, which is a government agency. So nobody on our campuses see it. None of our admin or upper admin are able to actually see who signed. Um, they're only able to see those of us, like myself, who are loud enough to scream that I want change. Uh, <laughs> and so um, that moves on to PERB. And what they do is they look to see if it's a valid signature. They want to make sure all the information is there and they make sure that your vote counts. So when you do end up signing, when you do end up putting your name down um, for the union, uh, we make sure you, we have all of your information so that they can reference that back to employment records to make sure you are a uh, actual 
union available employee or a union applicable employee, um, which speaking of some uh, interference, that that's a positive thing. We want to make sure teachers are the ones being represented, represented, not just teachers, sorry, educators. Um, I, I, I change my syntax for you there. Um, educators are represented because it's, it's, um, it's important that those of us who, who have chosen as a long-term career, who chose us as as the thing we want to do because we want to help kids, um, whether that be psychologists, speech language pathologists, um, teachers from all the walks of of, of education. Um, those are the voices we're looking for in our union. Those are the voices we want because we don't want you to be drowned out by anybody else. So, so we 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 collect all these signatures from all these different educators. Goes Ooh, super perp. majority. Goes, yes. <laughs> goes the perp, right? And then, and then, as we're waiting, perp, because that's a right, that's a process, and that takes a while. They go you know, through what, all the names, <laughs> right? Well, what do we do in step three? So this is when we start talking about our bargaining priorities. This is when, as a district, we come together um, and we determine what is it that our district really needs changes for. Um, I, I reminded some of my colleagues when we were talking about this, this isn't Santa's Christmas list. This isn't write down, you want a pony and a bike. This is truly striking to the heart of what Clovis needs changed. Um, I think uh, when I talk to my older colleagues, no offense to my older colleagues out there, they hear union and they get terrified that it's a bunch of younger teachers who just want salary changes and, and they just want they just want to make more money and that's it. And that's all it is. It's just for teachers who want to make more money. But that's not it. That's not it. We want the fundamental changes that are going to make our jobs more defined and allow us to sit at the table. And so when we move through the bargaining portion, that's when we get to line out all of these foundational things that we want to make sure the district is held accountable for. Um, And that comes out in the form of surveys. Um, that comes out in the form of um, creating leadership teams uh, to speak for each type of group, whether that be a SPED teacher, um, speaking for the autism program, speaking for the uh, functional life skills program, the ED program, which often gets forgotten. Woot, woot, shout out to my emotional disturbance team. You guys are rocks. Um, or that be our elementary school sector, our high school uh, foreign language that I know gets walked over sometimes. Um, you know, we want to make sure everybody has representation. And so those um, decisions are made as a collective. Uh, and then we put that into a bargaining priority list to then move on to the next step. And go on. What's the, what's the next step? <laughs> You've been doing so good getting me into the next one. Yeah. I, I was I was sad for stealing your transition there. Uh, the next step is uh, negotiating our first union contract. Now, this is when um, we truly use a lot of our CTA support, our California Teachers Association support, because they help pull in the legality of this. And we want to make sure our contract that we write with Clovis Unified is fully legal, is supported by legal rights for teachers and is worded in a way that can't be taken advantage of. Um, And so we want to make sure at this point that we negotiate with our district the the factors we discussed earlier 
as to what priority is to make the changes for the next year. And so this turns into a funneling system where that team of teachers I talked about, that team from every walk of education, um, and that's built by us, who we decide wants to be part of that. Um, it uh, goes in and it, it starts to write out the contract or vice versa. What I've been told is it also could be Clovis Unified saying, okay, here's, here's our first offer. <laughs> and then we're rebuttaling a contract. So just know there's two sides of that situation. Um, either we present our contract first and they come back. Uh, it's a little bit of a process. Um, and then, or vice versa, they offer us something in return and, and we decide as a collective whether or not to accept the contract they're offering. This, of course, takes a little bit of time, a little bit of uh, spunk, if you ask me, to, to really put in the, uh, the work. Um, and, and I've seen so many awesome Clovis teachers in uh, DOC and, and SOC, our, our leadership, our district leadership and our, our area leadership alone that are are so ready to be your, your bulls in the room that are so ready to, to dig their heels in for their teachers, their psychs, their SLPs to make those things priority in our contracts. So that would be our fourth and last step. Yeah. So it's, it strikes me as kind of a real democratic process, right? So first the, you know, step two, right. You know, getting this kind of union support petition signed, um, by a majority of educators across the district. So a majority of educators decide whether we're going to be union or not. Um, and just to clarify, it's it's just a signature, right? We don't go into a ballot or into a vote, voting booth and kind of check a ballot. Um, no. your, your colleagues will, will come around and, and talk to you and, you know, kind of uh, make their case and, and ask you to, to sign the petition. Um, and then once we have that support and then, you know, that goes off to PERB and we have a month or two to kind of really do some kind of democratic work, right? Where we ask everybody for input. What are our bargaining priorities? Um, and we may discover, right, that that salary is kind of low on the totem pole, right? Yeah, and- I don't I don't want to leave that out. I just mention it because no. I know I've heard a lot of people. That's a concern. And, and in, in our district, money is always a thing to talk about, Um so just just know it's not us young teachers going on nine yeah. years asking for salary changes, but it could be something that's brought to the table. Yeah, of course. Right. Like it's probably a thing. And, you know, there are the things that you have to negotiate in a, mm-hmm. uh, in a when you bargain a contract. And that's, mm-hmm. you know, that's definitely one of those things. Um, but, you know, that's that as you you said, right, that, that's not the that's not why we're here. Right. No. There's so many other things. And, you know, kind of it's silly to say that it's not important because obviously compensation is important. Right. Um, but it's just much one like of, everybody. Yeah. Sorry. Much like everybody else, we deserve a living wage. Yes. And, you know, it's but it's one of many factors, one of many things that that we would like just to have kind of democratic input. in, right. So step four is really about kind of these, you know, the, these sides of the table coming together and kind of negotiating and having a true kind of partnership to come to a, a fair and reasonable contract. Um, I just want to make it, you know, clear, right? So the, the you talked about kind of the anonymity of the petition um, and then, you know, kind of what processes will be in place to make sure that kind of those signatures remain 
anonymous? Yeah. So the petitions right now, um, I think the state of California is working on a more electronic version. But at this point in time, our, our state still requires a wet signature. It still requires you to write your name down, much like you'd see. Uh, and I, I'm, I'm, I'm a person who pays monthly to SBCA. I got caught at bonds because I felt the Sarah McLaughlin playing in the background as I saw the pictures of animals. Um, <laughs> so I signed my name and, and my information. So much like those situations where you're, you're faced with um, signing a petition for what you've done in the past, it, it's a contract, it's a piece of paper that you sign that you put your basic information on and you want to make sure we have your full information. So, um, what it's asking should just be um, your name and, and, and your residence just to make sure you're from the area and, and, and you're actually legitimate. Uh, and so uh, from there, your colleagues who are the ones collecting those signatures um, on your campus and during free times, not during their actual work hours, we want to make sure you understand that we're not going to interrupt your work hours. Um, and we ask that you do not interrupt our ACE leaders um, work hours as well. We want to make sure that everybody is doing their their job still, because that's of vital importance to this, is we're still teachers first. Um, those signatures will then be taken nightly to a locale um, that will get it to our uh, CTA representatives to take to the PERB office. So those, um, those signatures are very much kept at the chest. They're kept secretive utilizing um, envelopes and, and, and placing them in appropriate areas to maintain that anonymity. Sorry, right. hard so, words. Sounds like see an enemy. Yeah, yeah, anonymity. Yeah, yeah. Anonymity. <laughs> yeah we got it. You did well. Um, Thank you. So, you know, and, and I mean, I'm, I'm assuming, right. Like, you know, I think we, you talked about kind of your, your good relationship with your administration. Right. And mm. I think most of us uh, will talk really kind of highly of our, our site administrators and, um, you know, I don't, I don't, I don't foresee my kind of administration kind of walking around and trying to kind of sneak in and kind of find these signatures or whatever, but you know, there are instances in the past of, of administrators uh, in kind of other areas, other districts doing kind of uh, weird things. So what is it? Um, well, let's start here. Can educators be punished for participating in union activity? It's funny, the way you phrased that, I was like, much like the reason why there's hot on the side of your McDonald's coffee cup, there's laws in place to protect us. And there's reason why things are the way they are. So, there has been union laws supporting those who want to create unions for years, um, and that's not any different for teachers. Um, the laws that be support teachers to create a union or it make the process to create a union without fear of retaliation or uh, fear of any sort of uh, retribution from any sort of admin who has hiring or firing slash um, duties in which they can give you any sort of extra work. <laughs> so um, anybody in the position of admin, um, whether that be your GIS your uh, what at the high school level what are learning, they called? Director. Learning, learning, learning director learning director thank you <laughs> <laughs> your learning director your principal um Emer herself cannot walk into your room uh and and begin to uh ask you questions that would um 
incite you in being part of a union, let alone um, if she did know you were part of a union or if your, your learning directors knew, they cannot approach you and heckle or make you have actually any conversation regarding um, the process uh, that would make you feel uncomfortable. Um, this is actually a common talk amongst even our ACE leaders because it is, it is quite um, terrifying to, to think uh, you could be put on the spot. Um, but just knowing that you have that legal protection as a teacher um, sometimes is, 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 is what's important. Um, as a SPED teacher, I know all about legal protection. We work on IEPs. So I'm sure my fellow SPED teachers out there are, are going through their uh, IDEA and they're <laughs> knowing what protects them. And so there is a law out there that protects educators um, from any sort of retribution. And what that looks like sometimes might be ventriloquism. I know I'm talking about direct contact, but that could even be um, somebody talking uh, anti-union that has talked to your admin. Um, there might be anti-union people on your campus. That, that's, that's inevitable. Not everybody's going to agree with us. Um, I mean, we're going for a super majority. We want to make sure we're representing um, all of our teachers' interests. Um, but uh, some people are, are, are stuck in the old Clovis way <laughs> and, so, uh, and, and, and are, um, are in that mindset that, that this isn't what's best for Clovis. Um, and so they may approach you themselves and they might not be admin, but you could probably tie some of those people back to admin. So just watch out for that situation um, because there are legal protections for you um, if you ever feel like your job's in danger, if you ever feel like you're, you're being picked on or any added um, stresses or assessments are coming your way, that's not allowed. <laughs> so Okay, right. And, you know, got, we... Like we know, obviously, we're not going to get a hundred percent, right? That's that's never the oh, goal. Oh yeah, yeah no, no. Yeah, in the most kind of union friendly places, they don't get a hundred percent. And human opinion is the most amazing thing in the world. That's why is, surveys yeah. on BuzzFeed are a huge thing, right? Yeah. And we we certainly welcome the conversation, right? And we're we're certainly our colleagues uh, certainly have a lot of opinions about this, and they're certainly you know free to kind of uh, have those conversations. Uh, um, you know, with their colleagues as well, just like, just like we are. And kind of we welcome that. Yeah. You know, I, I, I also want to say to those of you who are listening that are anti-union, please tell us why we want to know. We want your opinion as, as educators, um, because it may be a misconception you have of what we're actually trying to achieve, but it might also be something that, um, that could easily be an issue we bring up. Um, like I said, even if you decide you're non-union, you're going to be represented by a union once it passes. Um, the only changes that happen is if you choose not to join the union is you don't get to vote in union elections. You don't get to take a place of leadership. Um, there, there's, very, uh, there's very little options for you to share your opinion um, after the union, um, you decide not to join the union but you're still protected under any changes that the union makes in their contract with the district. Yeah. So, okay. So back to administrators, right. And, you know, mm -hmm. the, the kind of key here is that administration is, you know, is supposed to stay neutral, right. Mm -hmm. So from the, the governing board down to kind of the, you know, kind of GIS level right there, 
They're not supposed to kind of make an argument against it. They're not supposed to threaten. They're not supposed to make promises. Um, and, you know, and, and kind of at the same time, right, they're not, they're not, they're supposed to stay neutral. So they're not supposed to kind of voice support for it as well. Yeah. Right. And so. I think we should define what admin is based on, on the situation. So admins, anybody in our district. So anybody who's not allowed, the people who aren't, sorry, the people are, who are not allowed to join the union are those who have administrative rights or those who have the ability to uh, determine the hiring or firing of an individual or those who have the ability to give reviews um, and 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 uh, do assessments of, of teaching. So just know that that's what admin is. And that can look different at every site. Um, I know for SPED, I talk about program specialists. Um, that's something that um, RSP to severe, severely disabled have or program specialists, and those are considered administration. Um, so just know that it's not just your principals. It's also those of people who could have a hand in reviewing your work, reviewing you as a teacher. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, it has nothing to do with your actual job title. It's about your job duties. Exactly. Um, so even if you're kind of labeled, right, certificated management or whatever, that doesn't necessarily but, mean that you're administration, that yeah, so if, if you're, have, I believe what a counselor at your guys's high school, they don't have any direct hiring or firing duties of their their colleagues. So that's that's always a possibility. Is is our counselors at the high school level could easily come aboard, and that's why our psychs are invited as well as our SLPs. Yes, right, because they don't have that unilateral ability to hire, fire, evaluate, discipline. And it's kind of this weird kind of law, right? That's kind of a combination of all those things. So, um, so yeah, so you're protected, right? Educators yes. are protected. They can't be retaliated against. Um, and, uh, you know, kind of administration is essentially supposed to stay out of it. And yeah. they don't, they're, they're breaking the law. So um, as we kind of get, as we get closer um, to the end here, you know, how can how can folks learn more about this process? What what do you suggest is the best way to kind of learn more about this process? Um, I, I would hope that you kind of know who your East representative is on campus at this point. Um, they are going to be individuals who are seeking out those signatures, but I am very much open myself. If you'd like to reach out to me. Um, to, to ask questions. Um, I, I'm open for conversation. I'm open for, for debating the pros and cons of different situations. Um, I think that uh, once we open up those communication lines, is, it's going to be the most important thing is that we seek out our, answer, our questions to be answered. And so for those of you who are still on the fence, I, I hope you seek somebody out that you see to be a peer of yours, somebody you respect that you know is entering into union, um, who agrees with the union, um, and you seek out to get those questions or those those um, differences discussed. Um, you know, we can't we can't make change without shaking a couple of cans. You know, you can't. There, there's a, change comes with a little bit of backsplash, and so just be prepared for some difficult conversations. Um, for those of you who are pro-union, be prepared for those difficult conversations with our colleagues. And for those of you who are on the fence or or are, are at this point in time listening to the podcast, still, still like, I don't know about it, 
start those difficult conversations. We're educators. Come on. That's our whole career is difficult conversations. <laughs> um, That's funny. You know, Dan Dritt said something like, like almost exact in the the, the you know, first episode. So yeah, like I think that's, you know, seek out somebody you know is involved that is on your campus that you respect and have a kind of nice civil, you know, maybe difficult conversation and, and see where it lands. So Haley. And I, sorry, I opened up myself. For, no, I say I open up myself for yeah. those conversations. You know where I'm at now. Um, I, I can give you my personal email address. If you reach out to me on my district address, I, I would love to chat with you. Um, yeah, please don't hesitate. I um, I know that that opens me up to a can of worms, but I believe in the change that we need to make. I believe in the people I'm surrounded by. I believe in this union. I believe in this district. Um, I I believe in truly people, not programs. You know, and I, I'm ready to see that in action. And I'm ready to get up from the kids' table at Thanksgiving dinner and be able to move myself to the adults' table to have that hard and difficult conversation with my admin colleagues. So nice. All right. So I, you know, maybe you already answered this, but why are you supporting <laughs> or why are you signing the union support petition? So, all of that included, um, my, I'll tell you my initial reason for joining. Um, I'm not sure if you've had Amy Kilburn yet. Um, and, and I'm sure at this point in time, if I were to tell you more about my job, there, there'd be those moments of like, really that's happening in, in our district. Um, like I said, in the beginning, I'm very fortunate to be where I'm at. I'm very fortunate to have the support of my colleagues. I'm very fortunate to have the support of my admin to do the things I need to do to help my kids. I don't see that at every site for our SPED family. And so Deep down, the reason I'm signing this union petition is because I truly believe that change needs to occur to support my SPED colleagues in getting proper equipment, proper support, um, better better materials for our classrooms, um, just getting the things our kids truly need in our classrooms. I can make a million coffee can work activities in my classroom. And I do. I, if you come into my classroom, you'd think I'm obsessed with coffee. Nope. I have, I have, I'm the queen of making it work at Weldon. Um, but I'm tired of making it work. My kids deserve better. And so do all of our kids. Amen to that. Haley, thank you so much. Thank you. Okay. Welcome back, Haley. So, you know, every week we want to end by celebrating and honoring the, the incredible students that we serve. So final word is, is with you on, on your, your incredible students. Go ahead. Thanks. I, and that's, I think the best thing I do is, is talk about my kids. Uh, now I have to do so with, um, without names because my kids have their rights under their IEPs to not have their name shared. But I, um, I've had an amazing group of kids in my, my class. Uh, I get to keep, I'm, I'm lucky. I get to keep my kids for three years. I get to see kids grow for three years. Um, so I'm a lucky one. And, and uh, I've seen my kids sprout language, which is a feat for my students that is large. It, it is, it is uh, Icarus flying close to the sun sometimes. <laughs> um, I've seen 
my students learn to walk in front of me. Uh, so severely disabled population offers a lot of uh, the things I don't get at my house being a non-mother. <laughs> it offers me a lot of those motherly experiences. Um, but I will tell you, the best story I have uh, is one of um, success in terms of moving up the programs. Um, often when you're in the lowest program in our district, you're there forever. Um, there is very little help that one could get to move into the next steps, which for our district is moving into the autism program and the functional life skills program, respectively. Um, the hope always is GE. We always lead in with GE is always a possibility, but we have to consider the least restrictive environment instead. When a kid is in their restrictive environment in my class and I'm able to push them up into a least restrictive environment, oh, my heart melts. And I had that last year and I have two of those kids this year. So last year I was able to move a student from my classroom who I had had for two years from severely disabled to the autism program. Uh, he's now at uh, a young elementary. Um, with a new teacher who is doing an amazing job. Harut, if you're out there listening, I believe in you. I believe in you, dude. You got this. Um, and I, uh, I got to see this student's mom who never thought this could happen. <laughs> Happy tears is not even the explanation for this situation. Um, there, there's so much joy and pain and loss in our job all at once. Um, and not, not to take it down, I've, I've lost students. Um, my colleagues have lost students. Um, but when you're able to watch a student fly, literally fly your program, it's the best thing ever. Wow, that's amazing. Thank you, Haley. Thank you so much. Thank you for letting me share. Columbus educators and all of you out there that have tuned in, we thank you for joining us in the conversation. To engage further, you can find us at www.cloviseducators.org and at our Instagram handle at Clovis Educators. Remember, there is nothing wrong about having this conversation. You cannot legally be punished for participating, asking questions, listening to this podcast, attending a meeting, and ultimately, if you choose to, signing the union support petition. These are your legally protected rights. We are ACE, we love Clovis Unified, and we will see you next time on the ACE Pod.